Joe's guy. Well, folks, Jamie, listen, thanks so much for coming out. So good to be here. Trevor, what's going on, buddy? Jordan, hello. Amazon crew. Hey, folks, we're inside today because it decided to rain. And that's okay because we have both reserves, so we can mix and match like that. Um, but so glad you can make it out here tonight. We are back in First Timothy. It's been a few weeks. So we're very excited for Timothy 2. One through eight. No PowerPoint because we were kind of hoping to be outside. So just follow along in your digital Bible or your regular Bible. Um, announcements. We got a big Memorial Day party coming up. Big Memorial Day party. I don't know if you guys are a prayer meeting, but we were talking about at least inviting one person out just to see if they would even want to come. So. Maybe that's a challenge. Maybe you know someone who would like to come out to that party. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be live music by a mediocre band. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of food. We're on hot dogs and some other stuff. Make sure you pay up. Um, yeah, buy cell group. So talk to your cell group leader if they haven't mentioned that yet. Pay up to Rich for that monies. Um, next week, remember off weeks, which will be next week, we will have a big activity for the day. So next week we're doing... B-Y-O-L-G. Anybody want to guess what that means? Bring your own something. Lawn gnome. Lawn gnome. That's very close. Bring your own lawn game. We're going to meet here. We're going to meet here early, okay? So I have it reserved at 630. That way kids can come and play, okay? There's a little playground for the kids. Volleyball nets up. We get, we're going to bring a, a Frisbee. Someone's going to bring a Frisbee so we can play some Frisbee golf if we wanted to. Um, we got the volleyball net. Uh, what's that one game? That Cornhole. We, Cornhole. If someone, I'll post a list of some games people can bring if they can bring them. Um, there's that one. Uh, what's the beer ski game? We could probably even someone set that up. Joe bought a game that one time. What game was that? There's no beer pong. Cam Jam. Yeah. So it's going to be a fun time. Bring your kids. Okay, we're going to start early. I'm going to get here at 6.30. So feel free to arrive anytime after that. There'll be music. I'm going to maybe even bring some popsicles for the kids. Whoa. So Whoa. we're going on out. B-Y-O-L-G. I'll be a kid for a popsicle. Okay, I'll allow you to have a popsicle. <laughs> Kaylee is the only person that adult that's allowed a popsicle. <laughs> yeah. Now don't ask me to get you one. Correct. <laughs> so that's very exciting. Prepare for that for next week. We'll post it as well on our Facebook page. Um, without further ado, I don't think there was anything else, right? Very good. All right, so Evan's going to come up. And uh, boom. All right. Just give me a second here. It has been a while. Uh, like three weeks since we've been in First Timothy at all. Uh like the summer schedule always feels kind of crazy, yeah. It's a good way of putting it. I can play better myself. Because of that, we're going to be, uh, I think it'd be wise to just sort of catch us all up on where the heck we are in First Timothy. And then we'll pray. Uh, Paul was writing this letter to Timothy, this young guy. So he put up to lead the church at Ephesus, how to build it up. 
and sort of predicates the entire first chapter on this idea on verse 5. I'm actually going to be passing out verses. That's something that we should probably do. Who wants to be in 1 Timothy for me? Me. Like chapter 1. Derek? Schlick. Uh, who wants to be in chapter 2 of 1 oh, Timothy? God. Justin? God. Who wants to get, let's see here, Matthew 18, 19 through 20? I think Jordan. Oh, right there. So Matthew 18, 19. <laughs> Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 through 20. Uh, not that, not that. I'd never do that. Philippians 4. <laughs> Wife. I'm there. Honey. Colossians 4, 2. Rich, I keep no, hearing. All right. <laughs> I mean, I was going to hand it off to Carrie, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can I get a new one? I don't like mine. Oh, shit. What? I didn't even get one. I was going <laughs> to. <laughs> You're going to throw some fastballs at me during the station, dude. Absolutely wild. All right, fantastic. What was I saying? I asked about like Timothy. So 1 Timothy chapter 1, predicated entirely on verse 5 for the most part. Uh, can I get that verse 5? As you the goal of this command is love, which comes yeah. from a pure heart and a good conscience and a severe and a sincere faith. A sincere faith. So that's the goal. The point of all this instruction is for us to become better lovers of other people. And he bases that whole idea in that first chapter on the idea that we are undeserving of God's grace. And it follows up in verse 18 to say... Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them you may fight the battle well. Yeah, fight the battle well. This is why we fight the good fight, because we're grateful. Because in spite of the fact that we're undeserving, God gave us grace. And the first thing that Paul brings up in trying to uh, empower this church to more better love others is how to pray together, which is what we're going to do right now. Oh, oh, oh. A couple folks pray. Father, um, I just want to thank you so much that uh, we get to talk to you when, whenever we want and that um, you hear us and that uh, you call us to talk to you, to pray. Um, I just pray tonight that you can be speaking through Craig and Evan, that you can be uh, speaking through them, giving them uh cool things to say that can convict our hearts. Yeah, Lord, and I do want to thank you, too, for your word. Um, it's just so mm-hmm. neat to be able to have a grounding in this chaotic world and crazy and everything's vying for our attention and trying to get us to believe certain things. And I just thank you that we have a, a steadfast, sure anchor Yeah, Lord, uh, I thank you so much for this goodness and this good way you treat us in spite of uh, our nature. Uh, I thank you for the body we have here, believers all dedicated to this mission, to learning to better love one another and others outside of the church as well. 
I pray that we can be diving into your word here and gaining a, a deeper understanding of prayer and of our relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> All right. So yeah, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, I'm just covering verse 1. So can somebody read verse 1? Thank you. First of all, First of all, then I urge that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made in behalf of all people. Yeah, I love the actually the emphasis is fantastic. First of all, and the literal meaning in the Greek there, the way that they would uh, build a sentence, that doesn't mean like this is the first thing that I am bringing up in a checklist of points. This is the most important thing. The, the thing that is first of importance is what Paul is laying out here. We're going to be covering a couple aspects of prayer. Why is praying together important? How do we pray together? And who do we pray together for? So let's dive in here. Why is corporate prayer important? Our first question beneath that would be perhaps why is prayer important in general? Scripture is pretty clear on this. Prayer is an essential aspect of a Christian's walk. In 1 Thess 5.17, it simply says pray without ceasing. Pretty straightforward. This is something that we're to do at all times. The, uh, so in the same way that Paul is laying out, this is the first thing, Scripture also falls along with that outside of this passage. This is the, mo- this is the first thing of importance. We're to be praying without ceasing. And referencing that uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, uh, this is a fight we're in. This good fight is a fight which really kind of harkens us back to the last book we went through in Ephesians. The end of, the cha- end of chapter 6 goes over the uh, equipment of spiritual warfare. I think Joe and Kevin went over that. Truth and righteousness, the sword of scripture, things like this. But prayer isn't mentioned until after all the equipment. It comes in this next verse. And I'm actually, if you were to read this passage, it's going to be a little bit different the way I read it. I'm going to be reading it a bit more literally uh, to the Greek which just changes the tense a tiny bit. With all prayer and petition, praying at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, being on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So it's this ongoing thing that occurs after we've equipped ourselves. Joe and Kevin uh, used that scene from Gladiator uh, to draw this illustration of what spiritual warfare looks like. Uh, So all of them were equipped and had to tow in equipment to their weapons and their armor in order to get the, the best shot possible of succeeding in the uh, uh, arena there in that fight to the death. But imagine how long Russell Crowe would have lasted if there was like a plastic bag taped over his head. Like probably 45 seconds before he passes out of, of asphyxiation. This is what prayer is. It's this thing that surrounds us after we've equipped ourselves as we uh, combat uh, uh, the devil, as we fight this good fight. It's like oxygen to us but why is corporate or group prayer important specifically you know our church's way of engaging in corporate prayer is through prayer meetings and having grown up in this church i've heard this sort of quote before i found out where it comes from this guy called spurgeon uh famous uh, minister in the 19th century that Prayer is the prayer meetings are the engine of any ministry. And I always heard that and never really understood why. Kind of honestly, it was kind of embarrassing to admit it. This made my I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit. Like I can pray on my own. Why are prayer meetings around other people so important? I'm a pretty introverted person. 
I don't really like to talk out loud and things like that. Why does this matter at all? But Christ had something to say about corporate prayer. In Matthew 18, 19 through 20. What's that, Jordan? Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be lost in heaven. Again, I truly again truly I tell you if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Yeah. So if two people pray together and they agree with one another, it will be done. Did you want 20? No, nah, so. solid, man. We'll take sure. that. When you pray together, it brings Christ into your meeting together. It gets prayers answered in a way that isn't strictly immediately clear from that passage. Uh, you know, is it because this is supposed to teach us something? Uh, there's something about praying with other people that empowers our prayer. You know, Luke records this in Acts many times, uh, that it brings the Holy Spirit, corporate prayer does, into your meeting and empowers your ministry. In Acts chapter 1, I'm going to lay out a couple of highlights uh, in Acts, because there's a whole bunch you can go over. But Acts chapter 1 and 2, it says in verse 14, that the men and the women were with one mind praying together. And then later on, it was Pentecost in chapter 2, right? All these people were so empowered by the Holy Spirit that they seemed almost like drunk to the people that they were preaching to. Uh, They were able to communicate to one another using one language, despite language barriers, right? So people who were speaking different languages were able to understand one another, which blew up people's minds. And a lot of people were like scoffing at the the, the apostles, like, look at these drunk idiots, right? And Peter gets so yoked on the Holy Spirit, he gives a sermon so powerful that 3,000 people receive Christ. As wild. In the next verse, these new Christians, chapter 2, verse 42, they were said that they devoted themselves to prayer because they knew where this power came from. They knew where Pentecost came from. It's not like the apostles just like created Pentecost of their own accord. They were devoted to prayer. And they invited the Holy Spirit continually into their ministry. And this is what resulted. Or in Acts chapter uh, 12, this is where Peter's locked up in prison, right? And so the the, uh Christians in that area get together and they have a prayer group, they have a prayer meeting, and they're praying for him to be free, which ends up happening. An angel takes him out of prison. And like, it's kind of funny because when Peter shows up and crashes this prayer meeting, they don't believe it's him initially. Like the person that he calls out to is like, holy crap, this is, this is Peter, runs into the prayer meeting, stops, is like, guys, Peter here, Peter's here. And they're like, well... The only logical explanation is that that's his ghost and he's dead. Like, that's more... So, like, their faith wasn't even that perfect, but as a result of their prayer, Peter was freed. This is the power of prayer group. This is why it is an engine of any effective ministry. It results in the Holy Spirit empowering things in a way that you and I and all of us together here, no matter how much might and willpower we have, could never actually accomplish of our own. It's a huge supplement to our convictions. Like, we're talking about evangelism, how important evangelism is for us. You know, we had that workers' meeting and stuff like that. Imagine, like, Peter gave the most amazing sermon ever, and 3,000 people got saved, right? 
3,000 people. It took our church like 20 years to go from 50 to 400, you know? Like, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. The point in our time where we had the most growth is probably when we had the most corporate prayer going on. And uh, I want to predicate these next points on something here that uh, Craig and I, when we talk about these things, are fellow sinners and uh, screw-ups. There's nothing especially impressive about us. You know, we were talking about this, like how can we get up and talk about corporate prayer when you and I have a hard time being engaged in corporate prayer ourselves? Praise God for grace. And praise God that, uh, you know, scripture is true, you know, no matter what. Prayer meetings are the hardest thing for us to engage with, I feel like. And this is an essential element that our home church largely is missing uh, in a lot of ways. Our prayer meeting often gets uh, left to the wayside. I know for myself, it's kind of my first thing on the list a lot of time when I'm like, you know, not feeling up to getting out every meeting. I'm like, oh, I'll just get prayer. Or like, I have this that other thing that I have going on. Oh, I'll schedule this over prayer. It's all right. It's just prayer meeting, right? But... Uh, According to what scripture says, this is like as essential as our home church meeting here. Our new convictions are so exciting. Our meetings have been so incredible the past three months, guys. Like it's been wild. And like the three or four months since we've had all these convictions about, you know, unifying between our home churches as we came together and reaching more people. It's been wild. Like our meetings have been like electric. You can feel the Holy Spirit moving through things. There's so much excitement. But these are things we must jealously guard, these convictions, this excitement, and defend at the last. Because while these convictions are exciting, unless I think we repent on this, from what Scripture is saying here, and dedicate ourselves to praying together, our convictions aren't going to stand the test of time. You know, our Scripture talks about us as being like bread of breath, right? Our lifespans. And we have a willpower to match. We only have so much of our own accord we can do. We're excited, we're pumped, but like say there's a, a tough stretch, we're, we're going to drop that without the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what the struggle really is about. The very nature of coming together and praying is to be others focused, is to have gratitude for what the Lord is doing and to be vulnerable with one another, willing to drop our egos in front of everyone and admit inherently this is a prayer that we need help that we're not able to do this of our own accord, right? That we need the Holy Spirit to come alongside us. But the benefits to doing this, you know, breaking past our, our fleshly natures, which are just inherently selfish, inherently self-focused, inherently uh, not grateful, right? Is that uh, literally scripture calls it unquantifiable or uh, hard to identify. Uh, who's, got, who's got Philippians 4 for me? That was me. Please. Yeah. What, what verse? Uh, chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. <clears throat> Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Past all comprehension. Will guard The peace of God will guard our hearts and minds. You know, we're like one of the most depressed countries in the planet. And you can bring up like all of the financial reasons for this or social reasons for this or like relational reasons for this. 
But what scripture prescribes for a calm mind is gratitude, is others focused, dropping your ego and willing to admit that I can't take it on my own. So when we're in a meeting like home church and it's tough to like speak up and pray before and afterwards, only a couple people do, if that. If people are only a handful of people are coming out to home church every week, we're giving into our nature instead of like, like letting this power slip through our fingers. Like things have been awesome as it is, incredible as it is. Imagine, I, I, it's got to be like 10 times more power if we were to be engaging in, in these uh, prayer meetings and, and really, really dedicating ourselves to them, I think. Or just one with one another uh, in cell groups or in home church and things like this. Which brings us to our next point. Like how do we engage in this kind of prayer? Can I get Colossians 4, 2? Yep. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Yeah. So we're devoted to prayer, pretty self-explanatory, right? The thing that you schedule in your life, these are where your priorities are. You know, like anything else that we, we struggle with, right? The things that we schedule for are the ones that we have priorities for. So that's the thing you have to make time for, which I know is a struggle, especially. Like, a lot of you parents are probably like, oh, it's easy. You just show up, right? Uh, but I see a lot of you guys like trade off on stuff. You know, one person one week watches the kid, and the next week someone else does, and things like that. So I know that there's, there, you're able to work things out. And I'm sure we could probably help you guys out more with that as well. We're also to be alert in prayer. You know, we need to be showing up ready to pray in the spirit already, and to actually pray. You know, uh, I'm the quiet, anxious type sometimes in some ways. Uh, who prays privately maybe while I'm there and doesn't speak up at times. You know, I'm worried, like, I'll say something foolish. If you feel that kind of way, that you're not spiritual enough. Like, your issues with corporate prayer are almost certainly affecting your private prayer. Those same fears are influencing your relationship with the Lord privately as well. How are we supposed to know what to pray for you if you don't, Talk about what's going on and pray. The people that prayed Peter out of prison didn't have perfect faith. We're not going to either. But that's okay. You know, showing up and not praying just to check off the list that like we talk about all the time. We're not all about that, you know? Like we're, we're here to like encourage one another and build each other one, one another up so that we can love better. You know, if you're not, if you're showing up just to do that, you know, why are you showing up at all in that case? You know, we, have, we need to be concentrated on what others are praying for, what others are asking for prayers for. It's so, kind of cool, actually. Our last prayer meeting was pretty legit in this way. Yeah. Uh, as people were praying or bringing up things that they wanted to pray about, like someone would pray and someone would be like, like yeah, you know, that's so true. Or like, I agree with that. But it was kind of funny because most churches say amen, right, to something that they agree with. It was really funny because amen literally means agree. Right? But like, we kind of think that's kind of hokey, maybe. We're not really a super uh, church people with our upbringings, maybe. So, just agreeing in that same way is saying, is amening a prayer, right? It's super encouraging. You know, praying out whenever the Lord convicts you. Don't let your flesh or Satan convince you not to. Like, he's trying to stamp us out on this. I think that's a huge reason why it's so tough showing up to prayer meeting. Is like, even though we might not always realize it, Satan knows the power of prayer, Satan knows how important these things are. And so, he tries to quash it as best he can. 
you know, uh, you don't want to be just be waiting for your chance. You want to be focusing on other people. You know, bring up what you have on your plate, uh, and then let other people pray for that. Focus on praying for what other people brought up. You know, if you call that active listening, right? Uh, if you're just praying every time for whatever you have on your heart when you go to prayer meeting, that's a pretty good way of like realizing that maybe you're not really paying attention to what's going on in other people's lives. And it's not just to show off or, you know, self-indulged. I, this, this is a point, like, you don't want to pray for a really long time at a prayer meeting. You know, if you're actively listening to other people and focusing on, like, fighting for someone or, like, praying for someone else, like, five-plus-minute prayers probably aren't going to be really possible because you just don't really know enough what's going on. You know, like, they only talk for, like, a couple of minutes, you know, during, uh, before you start praying. Uh, so sharing, like, a big conviction or something like that in prayer isn't really the, the place for it necessarily. And there's a lot of other benefits that Craig's going to get into as well. Deeper unity, direction to continue forward with our mission to reach people. And that's what he's going to get up and cover here now. Hello. I also will hand out some verses. You too. I will. <laughs> Who wants it? I'm in two already. You're in. Oh, oh, you can do that. Okay. Um, you want to do Ephesians six eighteen? Yeah. Uh, Romans thirteen one and two. Uh, Jamie Ephesians five fifteen. Let me see. That might be good enough. Yep. Not right now, though. Justin, remind us of verse Uh, 1. First of all, that one verse that Evan taught. First of all, then I urge that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made in behalf of all people. All people. So this is really the first point here. Who we're praying for is all people. And um, the emphasis there is like all kinds of people. We literally can't name off every person on earth, obviously. But praying for all kinds of people, it's like we're not going to show distinction. We're not going to hold back on praying for people um, for any sort of reason. Um, So this includes believers, first of all. Um, Believers everywhere. You have uh, Jordan... Verses 18 and 19. Yeah. Um, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Pray yep. for also, I mean, pray also for me that. Whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mysterious, I mean, mysteries of the gospel. Yes. So he's saying here, like, and this is a theme throughout, and this is just an example where Paul's saying, like, pray for all believers. Um, So we're pretty used to praying for people in our own home church, um, our own cell group. Maybe even our, you know, people in our own fellowship. Maybe you're on that prayer chat that they have for people in the fellowship. Um, but he's saying you're all believers. So maybe even believers who have like left fellowship, 
believers who have like completely walked away from the Lord and they're saying like I want nothing to do with them. Um, believers on the other side of the planet. Mm-hmm. We have a really cool fellowship. A lot of cool stuff going on here. Um, it's exciting. It's it's really great group of people. But we can't be like tribal and just focused on ourselves. That's not the way God's church works. God will actually oppose our growth if we become like inward focused. He wants us to have a big view because we are the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not just limited to the people in this group, but it's like the whole world. And in fact, we had Becky Stanley here over uh, last weekend um, talking about uh, IGL, that we get to be partnered with India Gospel League and um, help them, you know, give them some support to do ministry in India where they're being heavily persecuted. And she was talking about some of the opportunities that we can pray for them and things that are going on, you know, with raising up women leaders and um, all the, I don't, I don't remember how many millions of kids they want to reach and the churches, how many hundreds of thousands of churches they're trying to plant and all this like amazing ministry where at the same time they're getting persecuted and they're asking us for prayers, which is kind of amazing. Like they're doing like way more than we are. They could be like, you know, you know, this is the example, but they're like coming to us humbly and saying like, will you pray for us? And we get like a cool opportunity to be a part of that, to like learn what's going on in their ministry, to contribute. And sometimes just by like praying, you know, God will put on your heart, like how you can maybe, I don't know, sponsor a kid or something like that, chip in. I know for myself, it, it feels sometimes like praying for something like that, like missions, it's like feels kind of useless. It's like, what is God? God knows more than God knows better than I do what's going on in India. Like, why does he need my prayer or something? Um, but God's able to do amazing things. Um, he wants us to pray for our family, you know, and they're part of our family too. He wants us to have this view of a big picture, to be connected, you know. It, there's the image of the body of Christ, where the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. We're all connected. We're all part of the same family. We're all adopted into God's family. And so he wants us to be praying. And just like with the corporate prayer that, that Evan was talking about, God answers when the whole church is like agreeing in something. So if our whole church is like praying for India Gospel League, it's powerful. Similarly, we should be praying for other churches in our area, other churches in, in the U.S., I don't really do that, um, but it was a good point that was coming out of this passage. It's like, how often do you pray for other church leaders? Or like, we listen to teachings all the time by like, you know, other pastors like Ben Stewart or people down in uh, Dwell, Columbus, or um, Greg Laurie. You know, there's lots of lots of good uh, lots of good teachers we listen to. I don't ever pray for them. Um, it's a cool thing. Like, we can just pray for their ministry. Because we've been blessed by all the things that they're doing. And just imagine if there was like a teacher that was like on the order of like a Billy Graham. Like we could be praying for someone like that for a revival. It used to be pretty common a generation ago that there'd be revivals going on and there'd be like big meetings where thousands of people are coming to Christ and, you know, there's this big movement of the Spirit. And our generation doesn't know what that's like. Um, we do have an opportunity to pray for something like that. It feels weird. It feels like that's like way beyond me. Like I'm just going to focus on the one guy I'm trying to reach out to or something and, and pray for like maybe, you know, somebody else that my my friend is reaching out to and we're good. 
But it's like God wants us to have a big picture view. And he answers those prayers too. I think all the, you know, those big uh, movements that happened in history that have been like giant groups of people coming together and praying, just like in Acts where Evan was laying out some places. Like it's always seemed to happen like they were all gathered together, sharing things, praying, and then the spirit moved and did some amazing things. And then they're praying for like the other churches on the other side of, you know, the Roman Empire and stuff. And God's doing cool things there. So I just that's the first thing is like we could be praying for all believers. So part of that might be going to missions prayer meeting or something. And, um, there's a lot of opportunities to just figure out what's going on um, with other uh, fellowships and just be asking God for big things. Um, all right. And then can you read verse two? For kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. So he says here, pray for the kings and everyone who's in authority. So this is like our our government. Um, How often do you pray for the government? Weird. Paul, think about this. He was writing from prison. He was being held prisoner by the government. This is the same government that was about to execute him. Um, Caesar went on to then persecute Christians in general, <clears throat> killing tons of them. Imagine that. Like, we don't think to pray for like Joe Biden, but he's not like persecuting us and killing us. But here Paul is like, pray for these authorities. Jesus did the same thing on the cross, praying for the people who are crucifying him. So I know we tend to criticize leaders a lot. Um, Do you pray for the leaders as much as we criticize them? Even if they're not godly leaders, because politicians are probably not. (laughs) But God is the one giving them that authority. Who had Romans 13, 1 and 2. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. The point here is like God uses the government. He's like, you got to submit to the government and pray for them. Like, um, they're actually God's instrument there. So even if they're not godly people, God uses them. Um, you see this in the history of Israel where God uses ungodly kingdoms to come in and discipline Israel and take over and then like all sorts of things where God uses ungodly uh, leaders. But he, Paul's saying that we can be praying for them. And he says, pray so that we can have a peaceful life. The church is supposed to be full of peacemakers. That's supposed to be like what we're doing. We're bringing peace. And the Bible says that, you know, in Second says that God is actually restraining evil through the church. The Holy Spirit is working through the church to restrain evil, bringing peace. Our prayers are meaningful. Now, God is using our prayers. Um, Did I give out James 5.16? I don't think I did. Just the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. It doesn't always feel like it's going to accomplish much. It's just like me maybe like worrying to God or something like that. But he's like, if you're actually just like coming to me, you're like basically entering God's throne room 
and just laying out your request, like it will accomplish something. God has already brought peace and diversity to the world through the body of Christ. You know, this is something that everybody on social media is like wanting to have like peace and diversity and this and that, but like the body of Christ is all about that. We had it even before them. Like there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither male nor female, neither slave nor free. We are all one. We're all diverse. We are all united. And so, you know, we as a body of Christ can sometimes like get caught up in all like the divisions because that's what we see on Facebook or um, Twitter or whatever is that like, you know, you're not part of my group. You know, there's these everybody kind of walls off on their little ideals and we separate ourselves and it's easier to like view each other as enemies. But do you pray for Black Lives Matter? Do you pray for the police? Do you pray for the pro-life people? Do you pray for the pro-choice people? Do you pray for the Democrats? Pray for the Republicans? He's saying God loves everyone, and he offers grace to everyone. He doesn't want us to get like distracted by all these like false barriers. Um, Justin, yep. continue on through verse 4. <clears throat> This is good and acceptable inside of God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Uh, in, in, oh, I skipped a line. This is good and acceptable inside of God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay. Yes. So he's saying this as in the peaceful life. Peaceful life is good. You know, praying for peace, that we have these good leaders, that we have a peaceful life, it's good because it gives people a chance to hear about the gospel so they can know the truth. And we live in a pretty peaceful time. I mean, I know there's a war going on in Ukraine, but we haven't had a draft in, what, 50 years? We have not been forced to go to war. We can make the most of it. You know, most of us, we know peace. But do we make the most of it? Who had Ephesians 5, 15, and 16? Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Yeah, that's convicting. I know I don't do that all the time, make the most of my time because the days are evil. He's saying do this in godliness and dignity, uh, i.e. like with respect and not mocking not being consumed with like materialism, um, having your thoughts all focused on things that just aren't even going to last. Because he says God desires everyone to be saved. And this is really why our fellowship exists. You know, we're called to make disciples, to go and tell people the truth. And we have this knowledge of the truth, so we should share it. He didn't just leave us out here to hang so we're like worshiping some like carved image. You know, thank God. How miserable would that be if we were just like somebody carved a statue and we're just like, okay, this is cool. Let's let's praise this thing. Like we know who he is. We know him personally. We're adopted into his family. It's an awesome privilege to just be able to go and, and talk to him and tell other people about him. So verses five and six, Justin. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and mankind. The man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. 
So here he's laying out, like, just in case you don't know, this is the good news, the truth that we have, is there is one God, one mediator. A mediator is someone who's going to intervene to restore peace between two parties. So there's this one person who's mediating between us and God, which raises the question, do you have a mediator? Do you have peace with God? He doesn't leave us guessing at who that the real mediator is. He says it's Jesus Christ who gave himself as a ransom for all. So he served the death sentence that we deserve. I know we don't think of it like we deserve death or something like that. We like to think like I'm pretty good, um, not that bad. Even as like believers, I think you know people who've been like walking with the Lord for decades. I still try to convince myself that I'm like pretty good, um, but we're not. The wages of sin is death. We fall short. I don't deserve eternity with God, but he offers that as a free gift. In Romans 10, he says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How simple is that? So if you've never done that, that's all you have to do. Have a relationship with him. Verse 7. Justice. For this I was appointed as a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. As a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So Paul has a stewardship. He was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles, the, the people who are not Jewish. And he had this responsibility to go and share Jesus with them. He was so like intent on like following through with that responsibility that he's willing to die. In fact, he, he did die. He was executed for it. Without him, we probably wouldn't know about Christ. Um, maybe we would. Maybe it would have spread from some of the other apostles or something. But like we've all benefited from this guy like taking his stewardship seriously. And we have a lot of stewards in this fellowship who take their stewardship seriously, working hard to disciple, to teach, to serve. And um, thank God for those people. Like, we wouldn't be growing nearly as much if we didn't have those people. It's not just, like, the people on staff, like Keith and, and Kyle and Adam, but, like, people in this room, people, like, stepping up to um, just sacrifice and, and love each other. Um, people who are taking their stewardship seriously and as a result, like people know the, the word in this fellowship. People are like sacrificing and, and serving. And I think we've got a lot of cool opportunities. Like people are reaching out and um, we, we have a lot of exciting uh, growth going on in our home church. Um, but he's saying here, just pray for more opportunities to share. Take this stewardship seriously. And then finally in verse 8, Justin Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger and dispute. So we got to pray like this from now on. <laughs> the Lord commands it. <laughs> so, yeah, holy hands, it's like undefiled hands. And it's like, he's the context here is like going on and saying like without wrath and dissension. So it's like, Basically, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be, like, coming in and praying while you're, like, distracted by, like, uh, hating this, some other guy in the group. 
or something like that. Um, wasn't that you were talking about that last week? If you have a, you come to a meeting and you have, what was the verse? It just popped into my mind. But if you uh, realize you have a problem with your brother, go and resolve that first. Yep, that verse. What was the verse? <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, basically he's saying like without anger, without disputes unified is the key here so like we should be praying as a group and be unified how can you be unified if like people have their like phones out during prayer meeting and they're texting each other and stuff like this um basically like we want to come in and have like a meeting a prayer meeting or a cell group even where we're praying where we're listening and contributing and um actually like it's an opportunity to know like what's going on with each other and uh, pray for each other so like Evan was talking about, it's like drop the pride. Like getting into prayer is a time where it's really hard to like do that if I'm like being really proud of myself or really distracted. But if we drop the pride and like, God, I need help, and willing to pray in front of each other and listen to each other and just humble yourself, it's very unifying. It can be a really awesome thing where God answers prayers. And I think it's a cool thing to also remember as we're starting new cell groups, um, we're going to have like some new people in our cells that we are not like familiar with. This is an awesome opportunity to like um, become even more unified, like pray together, um, understand what's going on, that you can pray for each other even when you're not together. Um, that's an awesome thing. I think, I think Carwell does this a lot. Like he's been praying for people he texted me yesterday. I think you were praying for me, weren't you? Because you were asking how things are going with the teaching. So, I don't know. It's, it's cool when someone, when you know someone's praying for you and checking in. Uh, I think that's a cool thing where um, we can be more unified in these new groups. And that's something we want to encourage. That's why we're mixing things up to begin with anyways. So, that is... First Timothy two part one. Oh. <laughs> next week, next next time things get a little bit dicey. <laughs> great teaching because I just I was listening to that book that I recommended. Guide was to uh, the Need by Brandon Hansen. Remember that from last week? I do remember. Okay. <laughs> but uh, you have this really detailed part on prayer, which I like, kind of zoned out for a second because he was like, Yeah, I was off for a run one day and I prayed, asked God for a convertible because they only had uh, one car. So they're struggling a little bit. And he's like, God, it'd be nice to have a convertible. And he's like, Obviously, it was a joke prayer. Didn't mean it, but I just prayed it. Because um, he prays out loud when he runs. And later that night, he was at uh, church with some, someone, and his, his friend or something like that, their mom gave him a van, so he gave him his car. His friend gave Brandon Hanson his car, which was a convertible, <laughs> uh, that exact night. And uh, his whole point was like, I'm not, I'm not saying that God is this vending machine. You can't just like pray, and he's gonna, he's gonna have, answer that prayer. But it's like, what if I didn't pray that? You know, like what, what if God is 
waiting to give me something, mm-hmm. but I haven't had. Mm-hmm. Who's talking about you? Mm-hmm. You have not because you asked. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, that that really stopped me in my face because I, I was really praying for a while for like just asking God for wisdom because I, I struggled with like retaining knowledge and just uh, wanting to be more knowledgeable with word and everything like that. And I just remember giving up. I'm like, no, nah, he's not going to do this. I should just stop asking. This is a this is a this is a bad prayer. I can pray for something else. But it's like, what if he's waiting for me to just you know be consistent with that, and maybe he's wanting to push me in a certain direction. If I just stop praying about it, um, stop asking, then you know he's just like, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm here waiting when you're ready to, to ask that. So I thought that was a really good correlation to what you were talking about with, with prayer and you know praying for like our leaders and all those things. It's like we can have that impact if we go to God and ask. But if we don't and just stay behind the scenes, then you know, who knows what the effects of that could be. So yeah. I thought of that. Let me share that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never know. There's no harm in asking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a kind of a good thing that every single prayer we ask doesn't get granted with a yes, right? Yeah, right. Because we're, we're like kind of like the worst judgment of what's good for us. Like that there is basically, you know. <laughs> so it's like often like maybe it's like a no or like an answer a different a different way, you know. And oftentimes when it's answered differently, I find that it's like answered in a way that like I I couldn't even fathom like how cool like that prayer could be like how cool the way that prayer could be answered. It was like the way that I was asking it was like small compared to what God's plan was for it. Yeah, and you have to be willing to like when you're praying. It's not like I'm gonna take this into my own hands, no matter what you say. I'm just gonna like pray it, just so I can go through the motions. But yeah. It's like I'm literally gonna hand this over to you. So that, I don't think we talked about that, but that's like something that's key too. Yeah. Like he didn't mention it to that friend too. The yeah. friend did not know that he needed a car, or that he was looking, or they only had one car. Like he didn't know it all. But like that talk with the Lord, even if it was like a joke, like. You can talk to the Lord like that, and it's like, kind of like, okay, I got something for you, you know. But yeah, cool. Yeah. <coughs> I thought um, your guys' teaching was really encouraging. Literally yesterday, uh, it just kind of hit me. But I was like, oh, I'm not really praying very often, or like um, frequently for the same thing. And there's like people in my life, there's circumstances like in my life that um, like, oh, I haven't prayed for that in a while. And uh, I was kind of feeling down about it, but um, I was like, okay, here I am starting over again. Like, and uh, you made a point, like one of you made a point, like asking, like telling God, like I need your help in this area. And um, that was just like, that was like a really, that's a good place to start. Like, okay, God, here I am again. Like, I really struggle with having a consistent prayer life um, and being, like, disciplined in this. And uh, sometimes I get overwhelmed with all the things to pray for. But, uh, like, you want me to come to you about things so I can ask for your help and I can expect that you're going to help me with that. Um, so I thought this was really timely and encouraging um and also kind of similar to carlo's example this week i've been reminded of something that i like half like cynical jokey prayed for like real quick when um 
my mother-in-law started coming around <laughs> like two Januarys ago, pretty much. Um, I remember like having this like little short prayer to God, like wouldn't it be something if like she hung out with my mom and told her like, hey, this church is cool. Because when we got married, they both kind of had a negative experience of of our fellowship, and uh, they, they, they talked about that and kind of related on that. So I was like, oh, wouldn't that be something? Like, if she, my mom found out that, like, she's given us a chance and, like, has this really cool outlook and has these cool relationships. And so that was over a year ago, and, uh, like, last month, she told me that she was going to invite my mom to our Memorial Day Festival. And she wants to invite her to things, and she's already told her, like, hey, we were wrong. This place is really cool. These people are weird, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, we were wrong. Oh, it's sweet. It's oh, just, and I just was so Thanks. floored, like, holy crap. I prayed for that, kind of. Like, not even seriously. Like, I wasn't even really expecting that God would answer it. I was like, wouldn't that be, like, ironic or something? And... I never talked to her about it, and because she loves my mom and she loves our body of Christ, she was like, I think your mom would like really like it here, and I want her to give it a shot. And she has this like influence that I'm not going to have as her daughter. So, just like that's something that I barely even was consciously prayed for one time, and then yeah. like God above and beyond answered that. So, that's cool. Yeah, Crystal calls your mom her white chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to, Kayla, I wanted to bounce off of that a little bit because I, a lot of you know, I've been pretty, I struggle with prayer, right? And the one thing that helps me is, as a parent of like adult children, um, they certainly don't call me every day. They call me can talk or text maybe once every two weeks. And I certainly, like John, I certainly don't respond with, well, you're an asshole because you haven't talked to me every week. No, we're delighted because they took those five minutes in that two-week time span. How you doing, Mom? And our Heavenly Father's the same way. Like, we don't need to beat ourselves up if it's been several days. He's like, yes, come hang with me, talk to me. You know, so it's just a, it's a really sweet picture of, yeah, don't waste your time beating yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they yeah. come to us and say, every I need, week, I need, I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I need, I need. So, yeah. yeah. As the parent of a 15 month old, I'm kind of like, are we sure God really wants to hear? Everything that we can find. You know what's crazy is that one of the things that over the years being a Christian, I struggled sometimes with praying. One of the things was I thought about was I'm always asking God for something. And when he says pray non-ceasingly, he's simply saying talk to me. Mm-hmm. All day, like we do face to face, you know. So, don't think you've got to be asking him for something to just to have a normal conversation. David did it. Mm-hmm. David bitched at him. 
you know, and just reading that and understanding, you know, David laid his life out to God and just basically said, you know, here I am. With all my faults. And God used him. Paul too. So the the first the first verse five seventeen pray without yeah. ceasing. My understanding, I heard it in <coughs> Keller's teaching. That's not actually that's more of meant to church as the body of Christ, right? That's not an individual kind of thing, which would make more sense. I, I just and it made more sense to me when I heard him explain that because I was like, I can't like pray without ceasing all day long, like really. You know, Not literally. Well, in the same way that we're called to be perfect, in the same way your heavenly Father is perfect. Like this is like a, a, a call to like example, right? Like this is how important this thing is. Yeah, but it, but I guess the point that I'm making is more it's it's to a body of Christ, to a church, not a more of a individual. Well, that's the same with this passage in First Timothy. It's like that's where the context of corporate prayer right. is because he's writing to an entire church. Yeah. So like we naturally think of ourselves, but. They would have interpreted it like this is for everybody. Which is, which is kind of cool because I don't say that it lifts the pressure of your shoulders, but I think we do better, you know, in the group thing than individual. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I I really liked your guys' teaching. I really um, I just thought it was really cool. I personally love prayer and have the Lord's brought me a lot through that because I was a mess uh, for a long time. But um, I really liked how you talked about how this really invites the Holy Spirit into our meetings and into everything that we do. Um, and it reminded me of Smash, which was a home church a while ago, like back when we were, some of us were all together at Smash, like, five years ago? Eight years ago. Eight, something crazy. Um, but I think it was, we like, we split, we had a rough time coming together, um, and uh, our meetings were dull, and our prayer meetings weren't that great, and I think it was John Hicks who started praying for 10 salvations for the year, and I think we got 10 salvations with I, like it was almost a semester or something because of that and it was so cool because like we all started praying that like it, John Hicks threw it out as like no we can do it <laughs> and like and it kind of seemed crazy at first but um then it actually happened and it was really cool because like I think that what you guys were saying like how our prayers together unify and bring us all together, but they also transform us. And I think that that really happened with MASH because it went from boring, dull, rough split, people being mad at each other to like, oh, now we get to split again because we've all like grown a lot and we have people where we're too big. We gotta get smaller again. So I don't know, I just, I thought that was really cool. And, a really cool example of what you guys were saying. So. Yeah, so it's like unify around a goal, and we talked about it every week. It was on our minds a lot more throughout the semester, that kind of thing. I think we started counting. Yeah, too. yeah, we like kept like a running tally. It's like, yeah. how are we at now? Like this many. It's like we would yeah. build momentum. That's really cool. Yeah. 
but remind, I was thinking too about that. That reminds me of what Becky was talking about last Saturday. So I was listening to her, and I was so impacted by the way she was talking about how they pray. They pray with assurance. They pray with expectation that yeah. these things are going to happen. That God's going to answer their prayers. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, I don't pray like that. I don't pray with even assurance that God is even listening. To me. I mean, I just I don't. But we can pray with assurance that even though he's not going to answer, like Evan, like you said, it's like, like it might not be right away. It might not be the answer we thought we want wanted. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we can pray with assurance and with expectation. And I think I'm, I mean I just want to carry that with me. Like I just want to hold on to that. Like you're like smashed it. Yeah. You, we're praying for ten salvations. Okay, let's do that. Yeah. God wants that. Yeah. 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 You know, having like spontaneous prayer with other prayers, yeah. like not even at cell, but like here tonight, like after like hanging out. Like I remember talking with uh, my neighbor Steve over there, right over that table with a few brothers and sisters. And I'm like, hey, can we pray for you? Like, and he was prayed right then and there. It was mm-hmm. so cool, like inviting the Lord into that conversation afterwards. So I you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a Monday prayer meeting, although it is very important. Because it's like a focused time. This is what we're praying for. We're praying for our own church and the people coming. Like it's a workers' prayer meeting, but uh, just spontaneous prayer with other brothers and sisters. Like not at cell group, not at whatever. Like, hey, I'm seated today. Why don't we hang out and pray? Yeah. See what's going on. So I thought about that. Um, I really struggle with prayer. It's the biggest thing. I think it's because of my pride. Uh, like that, James is you don't have because you don't ask. I think a lot of times I just have. really prevents me from praying. Like, what else can I want right now? And God's like trying to show me this so much more. Um, I think that goes also to the, you know, the God answers the prayers, the prayers of a righteous man. Uh, you know, how do we become righteous? It's when we're humble to God. We humbly bring ourselves before God and say we need it. You know, so I think that's what the, the righteous person is. It's not just like somebody who's been really good for a real, real long time. It's like to have a righteous heart before God is to have a humble heart. Goes on along with James, you know, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And that prayer is just totally around humility. I can't do this. I know I can't do this. If I try to do this, I'm going to screw it up, God. You know, can you, I'm going to get this clean. So this is like, yeah. You know, that last Saturday was really convicting for me, too, to like thank you talking about prayer a bunch. I'm like, damn, dude, I suck at it. I think it is my pride that gets in the way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I forget who said that quote, but it was, um, I've heard it before that re- prayer is rebellion against the status quo. Mm-hmm. It's like we're like so seeped in like the world and like thinking about ourselves that it's like you have to like 
fight against that. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, it takes some humility, but we're like rebelling against Satan's kingdom. Yeah. And also like the, your, your point on like the impromptu prayer and stuff like that, like that's, that's huge, you know, like just, uh, even like I, something that Lindsay and I were talking about a little bit here and there is like, man, I wish we prayed more together. It's like every time we do is so cool, you know, yeah. and it's like praying with your family. And I'm sure like as Samson gets older, like if he were to see you guys doing that, like that'd be a huge uh, witness to him. And I know it was for me growing up, uh, with my folks, um, also, I think both of you hit on this point uh, on how the assurance that what they're praying for would be accomplished. That's uh, straight out of Mark 11. Uh, Jesus answered them say, have, saying, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says this mountain be taken up and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Yeah. So that confidence, that faith. We should pray. Oh, speaking of which. Daisy, I like to ask for prayer, by the way. So I just came from there before here. So they need rest. Lauren needs healing. Um, she's been in a lot of pain. So, yeah. Just continue to be praying for them. Sweet. Well, Lord, just uh, so thankful uh, for this meeting here tonight. Thank you, God, for being here with us. Thank you. I thank you, God, we can come to you at any time, at any state, or whether in the flesh or whatever, God, we can come to you and ask to be in the spirit and uh, give ourselves over to you. Thank you, God, for that. Um, thank you for uh, Lauren pregnancy being successful and uh, without the age there, Lord, pray for uh, rest for them. And I thank you that the only God I just serve and hang out with them, especially the little guys that get things to happen. Uh, pray, Lord, you keep growing our home church, uh, growing us, Lord, and then more mature people for Jesus, I was thinking about what John said there about just having a conversation with you and um, praying without ceasing, and it, it 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 doesn't blow my mind as much as it should. The privilege yeah. that I have just to come before you and hang with you in a relational manner and to hear from you, and um, I do. I want to pray for my prayer life. <laughs> I pray that you would press it upon my heart um, more throughout the day just to come to you and talk to you and hear from you. And I pray that for our whole home church, too. Um, it was really sweet going to that last prayer meeting. And uh, I thank you. I just thank you for the privilege. And I'm so sorry that I just don't take advantage of that more. But I'm so also so grateful because you're like come on in anytime um so just thank you for being that kind of god thank you that like carlel was saying you really do you want to you want to bless the hell out of your kids you have such good gifts to give us um so yeah i just i'm just really grateful lord thank you so much i do want to pray uh for our vacation coming up i just pray for safe travels I pray for opportunities um, for John and I just to, to be your hands and feet there with our family and to have wise words and yeah, just put that up to you.
Lord, we also pray that you would not only continue to convict us of our need to be in prayer with you, as we just mentioned, but to also be convicted to continue to be in your word daily. Your, your word feeds us. Your word is our source. Help us to remember those, those truths, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we have such uh, capable teachers, and uh, uh, thank you for the reminder of prayer um, and unity, too, Lord. Uh, seemed to be the theme of the uh, retreat several weekends ago. So I, I pray for uh, unity, uh, and I, I definitely get uh, political, and I get... I don't want to create any unity, but uh, I sure do have strong feelings. So I just need to remember to keep them tapped out a little bit. Uh, certainly don't want to uh, get <clears throat> political or uh, cause disunity. And uh, I think there's ways to do that, but uh, for sure, good good thing to have unity and uh, sh shoot for that, aim for that, strive for that. Uh, unity is a big thing it's very important and prayer also so I just give you thanks Lord for uh, these guys teaching and uh, reminding us of the things we need to remember and I just give you thanks for that yeah Lord I want to thank you for everything I pray um, the ministries in India one plus I also pray on the ministry here land that we have I also pray on the opportunity that me and Trevor have for this possibility of a um, apartment. Mm -hmm. You've obviously put in a place where we can financially handle it and you if it's possible. Without you, nothing's possible. Mm -hmm. I also pray for everybody's prayer life to mm -hmm. increase as well. I want to pray for the alleys. Uh, I just want to pray that, uh, I don't know, uh, having the kids rough, you know, you know, get to sleep and stuff. So I pray that uh, poor Lauren can get some rest, have the energy she needs, both of them. Uh, just to, uh, I don't know, that we can be coming alongside them as well. Uh, they could just know that, you know, we really care about them, we love the heck out of them, that you love them, that you can be... Uh, you know, preserving the unity in their marriage as they go through this, and that we can be supporting them as well through that. Yeah. Yeah, God, thank you for that sweet little baby boy when born. Um, no complications, and uh, Lord, thank you too for my sister coming through her surgery already, and the results, Lord. Thank you that we can come to you with our requests, Lord, all of our needs. Thank you that we can come to you in thanksgiving and praise, and um, we can come to you when we're anxious and when we're angry and all of those things, Lord. Uh, thank you that even when we don't have the words, you know what it is that we need. Mm -hmm. Lord, thank you for the teaching, thank you for your word, and uh, thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, and Romans. Romans 8, 26, and Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf for us. So you make it really easy for us to come to you. So I pray like everybody else, pray that we uh, can.
kind of uh, stay focused and uh, you know, kind of, uh, practice more prayer uh, individually and together in corporate prayer setting. Mm -hmm. Father, I thank you that um, that you answer prayer. That uh, that you give us. It's not just talking to the air, or um, but that you interact with us and that you welcome us. Um, I want to thank you so much for this teaching. It was just really sweet to hear and uh, super convicting. Um, I pray that uh, we all can be uh, leaving this teaching and remembering it. Uh, and that I, I pray that fusion can be known for, for our prayer life, that we can be known as uh, prayer warriors and um, that that could be a really cool thing. Yeah, I thank you for the privilege to pray. I, I know I don't always uh, think of it like that, so I want to repent on that attitude and just um, ask you to do big things. Um, I I pray that we will have 10 salvations this year. We get to be a part of that. I pray that you would continue to use us and we just want to humble ourselves. And, um, and I, I do pray for Angie's sister. I pray that she would... Um, come to know you through all of this process. Um, thank you for the good news there, too. I pray that she would come to know you. Um, I don't know. I, it's just really cool to be able to talk. and to, I thank you for like everybody praying tonight. It's, it's really cool to hear everybody sharing. Amen. What? No. What'd you say? Nobody ran out of the cookout. Oh no, we're done. We can't. You can't ever do it. Illegal.